Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You found primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back on primetime, Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin, just like Brent said. I always appreciate Brent with the uh, the ins and outs on the show. Uh, we do have baseball going on tonight. Kelly's got updates on all. What do you got, sir? Yeah, we'll start in the uh, National League here. Uh, Marlins up on the Nationals 4-1. to This game in the top of the fourth inning. The Marlins... Minus 1,800 on the live line. Nationals plus 850, 9.5. Your live total. Tigers up on the Rays, 2 to nothing. That game in the top of the sixth. Tigers minus 330 live. Rays plus 245.5. Your live total. Juiced to the under at minus 150. Yankees have a 1 nothing lead over the Orioles. That game in the top of the fourth. Yankees minus 350 live. Orioles plus 250, 6.5. Your live total. Blue Jays lead the Mariners 2-0 in the bottom of the third. Live numbers currently off the board. Astros and Red Sox scoreless. That game in the bottom of the third as well. Uh, Red Sox minus 145 live. Astros plus 115. 6.5 your live total. Braves and Brewers just getting started. That is scoreless in the first inning. And the Cubs have a 2-0 lead over the Pirates in the bottom of the first Cubs minus 600 live, Pirates plus 385, 10.5 your live total. Not a good start to John's uh, Pirates first five, but there's still time. No, the uh, starting pitcher there, Peters, getting uh, getting knocked around pretty good. Four four hits given up already in the first inning. How many baseball, how many baseball bets are you making daily or weekly at this point? Uh, certainly, I wouldn't say, so I wouldn't say what. Well, Daily by any stretch, I, I would not either. For me. So if you yeah. ask me weekly, I don't know four or five a week, I guess. But a lot, but but that includes like props, right? So if I find kind of like a strikeout prop that mm-hmm. I think is kind of off or something. So, but if you're talking like just straight, just straight bets, yeah, I mean, it's such a change for me. Again, not, not just a little brief walk down memory lane, but like, remember when Ray Allen hit the shot for the Heat against the Spurs in the yep. NBA Finals? So that was that the year that was 2013, I believe. I was so immersed in baseball betting at that time that I barely remember even paying attention to that game. That just lets you know how betting changes over the course of time. Baseball was everything betting-wise, and now I, I just I pick my spots so judiciously. Yeah, I mean, it's and, – and honestly, for me, I thought I would bet a lot more, but then now with this whole baseball thing going on, like I, until I can kind of figure out what's going on with all that, it that kind of turned me off as well, right? Like – the fact that pitchers who you would want to bet on because you feel that they're super reliable or something like that, maybe they get one of the slick baseballs one night. Or, you know, like, I mean, with these guys that are complaining about not being able to grip it properly and all. And that's on top of just pitchers getting taken out of games earlier yeah. in general. That was the first thing that sort of evolved. Yeah. You, we, you had a football note that we didn't get to earlier you wanted to bring Yeah, up. so the Dolphins continue to sign players. I mean, like, it's one of those things where – you can't, 
you cannot fault them for what they have tried. I mean, whether it works out or not, we, we don't have any idea. But they added Melvin Ingram today as well, giving them another defensive end, pass rusher guy. I'm sure he'll only play kind of on, on specialized passing downs or whatever, but that, that might be all he's really got left in the tank. One-year, $5 million deal. But if if they have the luxury of using him just like that, I mean, I think uh, if he's only playing on passing downs, he's got enough – in the tank to uh, to cause some havoc and stuff like that. So I mean, yeah, it's 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 interesting. I mean, listen, he he was getting a little bit of attention. So I mean, it's not like there were other teams out there that think that he doesn't have anything left. And so the fact that he chose to to head down to Miami, just another one of the additions here for this Dolphin squad. Now, thirty three years old, could he fall off a cliff? We've you know we kind of see sometimes that 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 could happen. But uh, all in all, it's kind of. I'm not going to say no harm, no foul, but I mean, five million bucks in this in today's you know in, in today's NFL, taking a risk on a guy that, if the upside is there, could really uh, could really cause some havoc. So good on them. I, I think it's a pretty good pretty good signing for them. Had our had our mutual friend uh, Joe Fortenball from Daily Wager oh. on a numbers game this morning. Okay. And in the last minute, because we were talking basketball, but the last minute I sort of threw at him. I'm like, oh, give give us a football take or two that you know either a bet you've had or whatever to the good or to the bad uh, that that is sort of. I don't want to say if I said against conventional wisdom, but just what his thoughts were and, and, and backed him up with bets. He is not feeling the Dolphins. That's mm-hmm. my paraphrase of it. He believes that the, that the hype around that team is a little too much. So I'm not I, sure where you, where you stand on that. I, I, can, I can get it. I mean, it's kind of one of those things where I think if – I think they're like all upside. It would be one of those teams that you would want to, I think, almost like bet a, an alt total on, right? Like right. if you were bullish on them, you'd bet yep. the alt over. If you're bullish on them, you'd bet the alt under. I, I kind of see them being in a super high – like a super high upside. But if this all doesn't work – if if Tua yeah. doesn't you know like if this all if, like if this all doesn't work then it could be it could be more on the train like, wreck yeah they would not surprise me if they finished with I don't know eleven wins might be pushing it but let we'll say eleven wins or five wins I don't like yeah. I, it could be anywhere yeah, in five between. to ten I think is a good range to them yeah. like, like five five to ten I think is a really good range for a team like that what was that thing last week where somebody somebody they sent out a, pic, a video and of Tua some Tua incompletions. That we were talking about all yeah, there. Yeah, it was like a, it was like a team, uh, it was like a team video for season ticket holders, I think, and it had two underthrowing. It was like highlights, or I think I don't know if it was one or it was multiple of him underthrow, uh, underthrowing players from Some, last year. Someone on Twitter, and I can't uh, forgive me for not remembering who, but sent me like there was a new job description for a video producer with the Dolphins. <laughs> so I don't know if that was true or not. I said, we were looking yeah. here because we got NFL Network up on this TV over here, and I was just seeing they were they were doing something with the Dolphins, and I saw it. To himself, tweet out a video of him under throwing Tyreek Hill in practice, and I'm like, hey, right. look, if you're gonna do it, like, like make fun of yourself, right? Yeah. It's better to yes. cut it off. Like, don't let them control it. Like, you come out and say, like, wow, he's faster than I thought, and <laughs> right. then you throw, and, and then you put up a video of you under throwing him. Like, you do stuff like that. I mean, I, I think yeah, that's I don't know that go. that was his point, but yeah, it was. no, no, no. But you're right. But I mean, like, it's it's it would be. Tyree backed him up though because I saw he, he tweeted something out then that had all perfect throws between for, from Tua to him. So the, uh, he helped back him up a bit. The other little bit of of, of news today, because we keep talking about, you know, how this is a passing league and, you know, if it's not a quarterback or a wide receiver, you know, you want to protect quarterback or you want to defend it. Uh, the Green Bay Packers made Jair Alexander the highest paid defensive back in the NFL today with a four-year, $84 million extension. <laughs> For him, um, wow. look one of the one of the better corners in in the NFL, no doubt about it. But um, a it is a a defensive back record signing bonus of thirty million is part of the four year eighty four million dollar 
contract for him. His new deal averages $21 million per year and sets the new mark for defensive backs. Worth it, in your opinion? I mean, he's certainly one of the top eight DBs in all of the NFL, but man, this is like they, they keep setting these bars, and it's just gonna like you know uh, it's it's quarterback and tackle and wide well, receiver and what and cornerback and defensive end. Well, right? I'm wondering if we are heading towards an NFL of basically teams made up of like stars and scrubs, yeah. where it's gonna be like you have six super highly paid dudes, and then you have to basically just fill out the rest of your roster with like you know middling type guys or something because you can't you can't pay everyone. You know, where, where no one has any depth of any. Yeah, of any. Like it's just almost like stars and well, scrubs type. Thing. Kelly was re- alluding to also that Trey Wingo was on with us a few times, but the one thing that he said that lingered, right, it, which has proven out. Yeah. Guy who throws ball, guy who catches ball, guy who covers guy who catches ball, guy who tries to chase guy who throws ball, guy who tries to protect guy who throws ball. Those are the five positions. Yeah, and they were talking about that on NFL Live today, kind of, Matt, what you were just talking about, where even these teams that are trying to match, you know, super high-paid quarterback with super high-paid wide receiver, you're already in in financial (laughs) trouble for down the road. You know, it's like you can either choose to do that or, you know, you take the Vikings approach and pay the quarterback and and try to roll the dice Mm. on a high draft pick on a wide receiver. So that's the real thing. The real thing is how different teams are handling it. Exactly. Right. The Chiefs decided we can't pay Tyreek that money because we have Patrick Mahomes. Because we already allotted right. it to Mahomes. Yeah. So some other team out there, you can have them. And the Dolphins were like, we'll be that team. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Devontae. Right, but like, they're on the opposite end because they're they got a rookie quarterback. So it's a, like so. It's, yes. So so yeah. It's it's right. Yeah. The Dolphins. You're yeah. Talking about. Right. And same thing with Devontae. Like okay, we the Packers. We're not going to. We we feel under a salary cap sport. We cannot afford to pay this guy that kind of money when we're paying Aaron Rodgers this. Who else out there will? Oh, the Raiders. There you go. Now the Raiders are paying. Yeah. A quarterback and a, and a wide receiver that kind of money. So that's really the, the, what this league will come down to. I think is. Oftentimes, how teams just decide to allot money in roster construction. Yeah, and I think we're heading. I think the writing's on the wall too. We are heading towards running backs getting basically no money. Nothing. Nothing. Yep. Like getting no money. Because the, the other one with the yeah. Raiders, it's like okay, whatever Darren Waller's next turn is uh, for a con- like you can't let Darren Waller walk. Apparently, they so they you're going to be shelling out money on Carr, Waller, and Adams, and it's like okay, like Matt said, we're, we're just making up the rest of the team as best we can now. Like I mean, you know, we, we for somebody out there is listening, he's like, hey, it's always been about the yeah, but not to this extent now with all these mm-hmm. these kinds of salaries being thrown. It used to be the domain of just quarterbacks, right? Where you'd have these exorbitant, oh my God, Drew Brees is thirty million against the cap. Oh, Matt Ryan's thirty million a cap. That's a lot for any one player. Now you have you can, the prospect of having multiple players with those kinds of numbers, like you know, not thirty necessarily, but close to that for two. You you can't, or some teams think they can. Yeah, it's basically we're going to see running backs get drafted, and then when their rookie deal runs out. Teams are just going to draft another running back. I, I mean, the, the, I, it's just going to be a constant cycle of rookie running backs. I would be doing that already if I if, yeah. if I like, was I controlling. Th- a team. I thought the Rams. I I always said this. I said I thought the Rams should have done it with Jared Goff. They should have been the first team. And I said this before they got rid of him. First team to just recycle on quarterback. But that would have made heads explode. Like people would have blown their minds. By the way, real quick, the hockey series prices. The Lanch, the Avalanche are the big series favorite against the Blues minus three eighty. The Battle of Alberta, which hasn't happened since 1991, Flames minus 190 favorites against the Oilers. 
in the Eastern Conference, and this to some degree a little more interesting to betters. Panthers are minus 150 against the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion Lightning. Just anecdotally, I know a lot of people who are super, super charged about betting the Panthers, and I know a lot of people who are super charged about betting the Lightning. Very interesting uh, break on that. And then the Hurricanes are minus 190 against the Rangers, who came back time and time again against the Penguins. And I know some betters who are pounding the Hurricanes at that price. We'll come back. French Open Futures. How about that? Next. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Winning never looked better. Make free hoops and soccer picks for a shot at a sweet payday with the H&M Wear That Feeling Prediction Series. Enter three pools and compete for your share of $15,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash HM now to get in on the action. H&M to make everyone look and feel good. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Gil, Matt, and Kelly, you have uh, French Open fever yet? PGA not, fever? Not quite yet. It'll be it's getting there. After this week, we get through the second major in, yeah. in golf, and then yes, yeah, and then be it'll it. be here. Because there will be no other fever to have, Gil. Jeff Preakness fever? Let me ask yeah. it that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I said, I, I was just thinking this to, uh, this afternoon. I was getting some stuff ready for the show. I'm like, you know what I got to start playing out guest wise is whenever that Preakness Pre- is. I'm like, it's got to be two or three weeks from now. Nope. I'm like, oh, it's Saturday, of course. Yeah, yeah totally. I, I said to Parlay this morning, I'm like, do you think we'll mention the word Preakness till Friday <laughs> after this morning? No. Yeah. I don't think we will here. Well, so we have the PGA, and we'll talk about the PGA at uh, Southern Hills in Tulsa here momentarily on the show. But the French Open does begin on Sunday here in the United States, at least U.S. time. It will be Sunday, uh, late night, if you will. Over there in France at Roland Garros, they're in the qualies right now, uh, qualifier matches to try to get in if you're unseated. Um, and so that's going on right now. So I don't have any French Open plays. I don't know if you bet qualies at all in any of these. No. Not typically. Not typically. I do have, I, I may play some of these <clears throat> little small 125 tournaments, but there's really not much to uh, sink your teeth into on those either. But we do have the futures again, and we will look at it one more time here. And I don't want to be a broken record. I don't want to be that guy. But if you've, if you've paid attention to this show, you know when we, uh, you know, all of us got what we got. So, again, the night that Ash Barty retired, when looking to see if there were stray EGA numbers, and I already had EGA at plus 450 to win the French Open, the answer was no, there were no stray EGA numbers. I did see stray Carlos Alcaraz numbers. Got him at 11-1 to 1 the night that Ash Barty retired from tennis. Carlos Alcaraz Garfia, which is his uh, his birth name, plus 175. He is now a co-short shot at DraftKings with Novak Djokovic. Novak Djokovic coming off his sixth Italian Open title in, uh, in uh, Italy this uh, past week in Rome. And he's plus 175. Now, Rafa Nadal, who has won 13 of these, 13, but has an injury, right? The lingering foot injury, plus 250. And then... One other player in single digits is Stefanos Tsitsipas, who is, just let's face it, awesome, but has the, you know, as you say this about Tommy Hearns, he had the misfortune of being a boxer at the same time Marvin Hagler and Sugar Ray Leonard were boxers. And I just kind of feel this way about Tsitsipas, right? You're just born at the wrong time. So does he have a chance? I'm going to say no. Everybody else is double digits. Everybody else. Where do you stand on this right now? 
Well, like I said, I, I don't have near as good a number as you. I have Alcaraz as well. Um, listen, watching Djokovic over the last week, though, his game looks really, really good. He's pretty good at this. He, yeah, his game looks really, really good. Maybe the little, maybe the time off and getting angry about things and all <laughs> that was, was good for him because he looked really, really good. He didn't lose a set, right? He, he won every set, I think it was. I don't I believe he did. Yeah, I think he swept the, the, the whole tournament. So... Um, he looks really, really, really good. And the thing that just – you said it off air. It's like you don't ever want to bet against Nadal, but at the same time, like, why would he come out and say that the foot thing is still bothering? Is that like a pre-excuse? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, to kind of like, hey, if it wasn't for this foot, I would win this tournament. But just so you know, this foot's still bothering me. Yeah. So, I don't know. It was just weird that he wanted to, like, let people know that, hey – this foot thing is still kind of bothering. Well, he started he started the calendar year on like some was it fifteen and zero or something yeah. on hard courts. Um, then in that Taylor Fritz, I want to say Taylor Swift every time the Taylor Fritz match at Indian Wells hard court. Still, he he had that back issue in the middle. He ends up losing to Taylor Fritz, and then it's just he hasn't looked. Listen, Alcaraz beat him. Uh, obviously in Madrid a couple weeks ago, and then he didn't look good subsequent to that. So yeah, I mean maybe it is a just yeah. to just to let you guys know, I'm not 100. percent Otherwise, I'd win my 14th yeah. of these. Um, but listen, if, if, if to me, because you have to give the Nadal the respect of 13, so you have to include him. But it's either Alcaraz, Djokovic, or Nadal, and none of it. I guess Nadal would surprise me maybe a little if he's playing possum with a foot. But anybody else would shock me. Especially on clay, right? It's just because it's just so consistent. Yes. Like it's just so consistent. I mean, these it's such a grind, and, and these guys that are that are good on clay, it just is. It carries, you know. It just goes year to year to year to year to year, and so that's why when when Gil's sitting here pointing at these other numbers, and you just got like, you know, yeah, I get it. You see a name like like team at forty to one. You know, you see yeah. these these guys that you 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 know of their name, and like you see these huge numbers next to them, and it's. It's just because it just doesn't it just doesn't carry over, man. And, and these guys that are so good on it, it just does. It just it if team just if he if team hadn't stopped playing tennis, yeah. right, and with injuries, and was still Dominic team, that would be an insane price. Yeah, but he did, and he's not the Dominic team of old. One is one is major at the U.S. Open, and who knows if he'll ever win another one. So, do you, a question for you guys, I guess. So, when the draw comes out, right, you're going to have. Two of these three guys on one side, one left alone on the other. Yeah. How much will the prices change? It's a great question. Uh, they will change incrementally, right? So it won't be like some massive move. But yes, the, the person who is clear of the other two will we'll inevitably see a bump. Like you were just asking off air, hey, these numbers moved. Well, the numbers moved for the couple of reasons we said off air. One, Joker <laughs> won the Italian Open, right? I was and, like, yo, when did the draw yeah. come out? Because Djokovic and Nadal flipped. Yeah, not and then till you, Thursday. you guys were like, yeah, Nadal, Nadal got hurt and Djokovic just won. I was like, yeah. okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, and, and, and Alcaraz won the week before and sat out this tournament. So will it move on the draw? Yeah, a little bit, but it's those three guys still. Right, right. I guess my point is, though, so for like if the longer shot, which right now would be Nadal, if you had interest in betting Nadal, shouldn't you not maybe bet some of that pre-draw and then some of it after the draw? Well. Because he has a better chance of his number going down, me th right? Me thinks it ain't going to be him that has the clear <laughs> path, right? Okay, okay. Though he, is, by the way, he used to get really favorable draws also, where it's like, oh, really? He needs a favorable draw, too? Um, 
it's going to be awesome, no matter what. But I, don't, I, I think the only thing, like you're saying, as far as like winners for sure, and I think the only thing I would say is, is at least we saw with some of these other tournaments, DraftKings gets pretty gets pretty interesting with some of these markets that they put out. Like, if you want to, I, I would bet Sitsipas to go deep into this tournament, yes. just not win it, right? I yes. mean, like, 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 so when, bet, if they put like to reach X round or to to bet, whatever, to win their quarter, yeah, or whatever, or something like that. Look like, at to win quarter mm-hmm. draws. That that is actually. A, a great way of betting these. If we flip to the women's side, you know, there there's a prop in some spots. Will Iga drop a set? So, listen, I, I've said on air, I don't know if I've said it on primetime, but I've said it on a numbers game where I said she will win double-digit majors because I think she'll win a ton of French Opens. And then I said she will be the greatest women's player of all time. And I do not believe that to be hyperbole. She is showing that already. She has won 28 consecutive matches, and yes, this is her surface. She is now even money to win the French Open. And we were doing it with the sportsoddshistory.com uh, guy, Blake Mahoney, this morning. We were going through historical odds of the French Open. The only players to ever be minus money pre-flop in the last three-plus decades of the French Open are Steffi Graf, Monica Seles, and Serena Williams. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about Mount Rushmore's now, the Mount Rushmore of the women's game. And Iga is right on the cusp of that, even money. Does Simona Halep have good clay numbers? She does, but she has faltered. We bet against her this past week successfully. Anshabur is playing great, but it's clay. I mean, Iga is just rolling through players. So, I mean, and again, again, better number, have her at plus 450 a, a few times. Could you, could you soundly recommend anybody else? It, I could not. It, it, would be, it would be tough. It would be it would be irresponsible, yeah. <laughs> quite frankly. And by the way, Barbora Krujikova is the defending champion. Uh, you can't even know. No. Now, there is Bianca Andrescu. just want to point her out at 25 to 1. If there were anybody, if you were asking me the question, okay, Gil, I get it. You were ego before ego was cool. Enough already. Is there one player out there that's a long shot that you could conceivably conceivably see beating Iga, and you forced me to pick a player, that player would be Bianca Andreescu. Just because we don't know what she can be if she returned to the heights of her game. But I'm all about Iga. The the 28 um, chasing down what would be the longest win streak since 2000 was Venus Williams, who put together, who strung together 35 in the year in the year 2000. And if she wins this tournament, Iga Sviatek, she will be at 34 or 35, 34 probably, right? In her case. No, it's 128, right? Is there draw? Are there buys here? I can't remember. Anyway, she'll be right on the cusp of that mm-hmm. and breaking that. Iga Sviatek looking for her second major and a, what is it, a sixth consecutive tournament win now? Good Lord. Just rolling through the women's game. It's going to be fun. It all starts on Sunday. So we got the PGA Championship. Yes, the Preakness. And then the French Open. So uh, still some good sports and good sports to bet on here this week. Now, catch us in a couple weeks. Eh, we might have a different, yeah. different story to tell. NBA futures. And how about an NBA Finals MVP market? Let's look at that next on VEASAN's Primetime Action. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get your edge this playoff season with the Body Armor Edge Basketball Throwdown. Join four free fantasy hoops contests and play for your share 
of $20,000 in total cash prizes while the action unfolds on the court. Head to DraftKings.com slash BodyArmorEdge now to draft your best lineup and find out if you'll outlast the competition. Body Armor, more than a sports drink. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Skill Matt and Kelly. The Warriors are the short shot to win it all, gentlemen, here before the uh, Western Conference and Eastern Conference Finals. Again, East begins tomorrow, Game 1 in Miami. The West begins Wednesday. Warriors, five-and-a-half-point favorites? Is that what you're saying? Did you have a play on that game, Kelly, at all? Or Matt? Either one of you in the Western Conference game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, well, uh, last night? No, no, no. Coming up, Game 1. Oh, no, no, no. Game 1, no. No, no, nothing on Game 1. Um... I, I took a bit of the Warriors series price just to, for my futures that I have on the Mavericks, just to hedge off those a bit. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm hoping the Mavericks can steal Game One or Game Two, and I will hedge off more. I mean, I do think it. I think the Mavericks have a uh, have a chance in this series, but I still think it's probably the Warriors at the end. Warriors are the short shot to win the NBA title, plus one thirty-five to the Celtics, plus one ninety. That is just derivative of the current series prices as well. Makes sense mathematically. Should they be the short shot in your mind, though? I mean, yeah, this should be, but I'm I'm sitting here. I've got the like. It's weird. I have this plus. I've got the plus one ninety to win the Western Conference on them, and even even that just. I'm like, yeah, plus one ninety. That's a decent price on them here against this Mavericks team. And for whatever reason, I just can't get over thinking that. Luca just can go nuclear for four straight games. Uh, I mean, like, that's, for four yeah. games, not straight games, but four games in a seven-game series that he just does this thirty-five plus, twelve plus, eight plus, you know, games, and just it's it's crazy. It's crazy. I, I mean, that's that's why I only like I bet yes, I, I bet the series price to hedge hedge map, but it really wasn't much because I was like, I don't, I think I'm going to be able to get a better price than this, hey, because I think the Mavericks are going to stay in this a bit. And me, I mean, I'm, just, I'm not going to. Who are they going to put on him? I mean, that's the biggest thing. Who they, are they going to put on him? That's what I was just going to get to. I mean, this is this is a. They roll into this series against a team where, they, like, they match up better against the Warriors than they do against the Suns. So I, yeah, I I'm not sitting here saying the Mavericks are going to for sure win this series. I think that. I think you could break it down almost as simple as okay, look. I think Luca has the the I, I think Luca's the best player in the series. But then how many after that are on the Warriors? And it's a, a long list of players before you get to Jalen Brunson and mm. Spencer Dinwiddie. So you, you break it down real simple. Yes, I think the Warriors have a big edge in that sense. But it's going to be. I mean, it's going to have to be some combination of Andrew Wiggins and and Draymond Green. And I don't think you're not going to see Draymond on him full time though, because they love him playing in that kind of roaming role. But I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, here's sure. where, here's where the Gary Payton the second injury really it, hurt, really it hurts. Matters. I mean, at least you'd be able to throw him out there on the perimeter. You know what I mean? Before he before he starts to to penetrate the defense. But this is. I mean, it's got to be Wiggins. I, I, would, I would think it has to be Wiggins. Inside the NBA last night, they were throwing this around, and Charles Barkley adamantly, adamantly was like, oh, you can't put, you can't put Draymond on him. That was my Charles Barkley, by the way. Well, it's you can't put Draymond on him because he thinks Draymond will get in such bad foul trouble. Yes. And so they landed on Wiggins primarily. But it's got to be multiple people, It's It's, right? gonna, it's going to be multiple. Yeah. I mean, it, it has to be. You're right. But the uh, – I, yeah, I don't – I mean, it's uh, – I mean, Draymond – I mean, look, that's where we talked about, you know, we talk about Chris Paul getting up there in age. I just would be scared of 
Would it surprise you if the Warriors blasted them in five? No, not at all. They wouldn't either. Mm -mm. Not at all. And that's where I think this is. Like, I'm glad I have the future so I can kind of just play this series as hedging off of that and stuff. Because otherwise, I think this this would be a very tough, at least series price or futures way to bet. Did did you guys just at the end of end of that game? Last night, did you see Boban want to rip Aaron Holiday's? Head what off? happened? No, I looked. Did, I was working you, on the no, show. I missed that. Did you? Did you not like? Okay, Matt, I, 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 I almost Boban texted in. you. I almost texted you because me, you, and Adam Candy were texting like right around the hey, same time. So I was sitting there working so, on the show. Looked up. Everybody's like high five and saying goodbye to each other, and I see angry Boban. I'm Bo- like, why is Boban, Boban so seven angry? foot three? Boban, <laughs> six foot even. Aaron Holiday, right? So it was the thing. Just dribble out the game, right? Oh. Aaron Holiday comes up and steals it and then shoots a three and makes it. Oh, that's the, that's the old quid pro quo, <laughs> with, I like to call with it. With one second left in the game. So he basically, and Boban obviously felt like he was showing him up or something. Boban went, he went absolutely insane at the end of the game, which, dude, you're dribbling it out and a guy like comes up from behind yeah, you a little, yeah. and like you're seven three and he's six foot and you feel like you could just squash him if you wanted to or whatever, so, and he just comes up and steals it from you and then goes and shoots a three to end the game. So J.J. Redick has a podcast. and J.J. Redick I'm falling in love with, by the way. He's phenomenal. He is amazing. But he, so he had a podcast before he was on ESPN, and part of his podcast was he would read listener uh, emails. And so a uh, buddy of mine sent <laughs> – sent him this exact email as a sports writer. He goes, what's the quid pro quo? That's why we call it the quid pro quo. What's the quid pro quo on the ends of NBA games? We need to know this for point spreads. When a team, you know, a team that's up and the game's over, just dribbles out the play clock and just allows the other team to have it, like, with, you know, five seconds left or whatever it is, is the quid pro quo that it's supposed to be that they don't do anything with it, right? And so J.J. Redick, first of all, he couldn't believe he had a listener that used the phrase quid pro quo. So he was just so amused by this to begin with. And he's saying that's how it should be. So in in his mind... Boban is right to get. So did Boban like rush him? It's one twenty-three to eighty-seven. Boban's dribbling it out. Holiday steals it with four seconds left. Goes down to the other end and shoots a three with one second left to make it one twenty-three to ninety. Do you think it was about that, or do you think it was the fact that Boban invited Aaron Holiday over and he put a drink on the table without a coaster? <laughs> Maybe a little it bit could have been that too. A little bit well, of both. Well done. Yeah. Well done. I think it was one of those. Look, did Boban, Boban like gets, rush him afterward? What happened? I, he he was he just as soon as the game was over, he went straight over to him and started screaming at him. Okay. And like people got all between him and stuff, and he was like he was hot even after they were trying to like. That's I was so confused because yeah. when I looked up, I'm seeing I'm seeing Mavericks and Suns players like dabbing each other up and saying goodbye. And then it's like cut to Boban <laughs> walking by himself, looking Look, like someone you know just uh, stole his great. children, Boban and he's going to come after him. Boban gets three or four minutes a game in blowouts, one way or the other. Either they're getting blow, blown out, or they're blowing someone else out. That's all he gets is three or four minutes a game. He just wanted to dribble out the ball in Game Seven. That's all he wanted. It's not like he was let dribbling Boban between dribble his legs. It out, game Seven of a series, just let him dribble it out. And guy came and, and showed him up, and it was like, oh, oh. I'm going to remind you I'm seven foot three. Yeah, that, okay, that makes a lot more sense yeah. now. I was like, you you don't see Boban angry very often. No, There's got to be a good all. reason here. Yeah. yeah. Boban listed at 7'4, 291. There's no chance he's 291, is there? I think he's got to be more. Than I that. would think so. Yeah. Well, which brings us to NBA Finals MVP. You can bet on this. By the way, we were clarifying before, uh, uh, during the break, that the, uh, the Magic Johnson Trophy and the Larry Bird Trophy, you may have heard of these uh, from last week. 
it's the it's the conference finals MVP trophies that are uh, respect, uh, respectively named after Magic in the West, Larry Bird in Larry Joe Bird in the uh, in the East. And uh, Kelly, what did you say? You used your cell, your name in the third person. Kelly didn't get those up there. The, the conference MVP. Yeah, we'll be looking at those tomorrow. Okay. Uh, yeah. Kelly didn't trust what he was seeing. Yeah. Ke- Kelly didn't trust what he was seeing. I was so, like, when did they come up with conference finals awards? I, uh, I didn't know that the, the Larry Bird Magic. I thought the Larry Bird Magic Johnson. What we were hearing about that was going to be for the trophies for the actual team champions. Honestly, until you asked me, and I looked it up in the Google machine, I was not sure about that. There's also Now I have more questions, though, because the conference finals MVP, I'm guessing, is just the conference finals, whereas we're about to look at the NBA finals MVP, and the body of work for that is the entirety of the playoffs. So, oh, is that right? I mean, the NBA Finals MVP usually is always a player in the finals, but it's someone who's usually played really well throughout the entirety of the playoffs. Is that true? The Bill Russell NBA Finals Most Valuable Player Award. Did you know it was named <laughs> after Bill Russell? Uh, is an annual National Basketball Association award given since the 69 NBA Finals. The award is decided by a panel of 11 media members who cast votes after the conclusion of the finals. But it doesn't really say. I, I mean, I don't know what's specifically written for it, Gil, because it always goes to someone who's in the finals, obviously. Yeah. But it's always like it always goes to a player who's basically been the best throughout. Yes, in the finals, but also through most of the playoffs as well. Really? Because I always thought that's it was what just we see as odds finals. change on this. Like, uh, you know. So when Iguodala won it for the 2015 Warriors, that was for the body of work of the postseason, not just the finals. Against I mean, the. I don't, uh, this is where I think this stuff gets. Oh. Okay. Giannis won it last year, LeBron the year before, Kawhi the year before, and KD both in 2018 and 2017. So KD won it in defeat one year? Uh, Which year was that? 2018 and 2017. He won back-to-back NBA Finals awards. Yeah, I guess so. He had to have. Had to have. And LeBron the year that the uh, Cavs beat the Warriors (laughs) in 2016. Iggy the the year before that. I love that they did this where – we can't even say, if you like the Mavericks, just bet Luca. Right. It's the same price. I know, I yeah. checked on it's it, It's the same price. They're like, listen, there's zero chance it's anybody but him. All right, we'll come back and we'll look at these briefly uh, because it uh, deserves more of a uh, take on this. But Steph Curry is your short shot, plus 180. The Warriors, the short shot to win it all. And then it is sort of a mishmash of guys. We'll look at this momentarily on the other side, right here on VEASAN's Primetime Action and a look at the PGA next as well. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. The VSIN Spring Special is here for only $59. You get everything VSIN has to offer from now to the end of July. Next few months filled with the best betting content in the business right here at VSIN.com. Subscribers will have access to all of it, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, JVT. With his best bets all the way through the NBA Finals, Andy McNeil breaking down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs, NFL preseason coverage, not to mention continued best bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. If you want the full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it, the cost is only $59 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash spring. Gil, Matt, and Kelly, couple things. One... 
Uh, we have the Astros game on in front of us. Jake Odorizzi is pitching for the Astros. He threw a pitch, Boston up 2-1 to one in the uh, in the fifth, at the end of the fifth inning. That that pitch resulted in the end of the fifth inning. But uh, Odorizzi, non-contact injury, and as someone who has popped two Achilles tendons, I am going to guess that is what has befallen Jake Odorizzi. Yeah, it was like the trying to go cover first on a ball hit to the right side of the infield and was only able to take about a step and a half before he hit yeah. the ground. Here are the telltale signs. One, it's like you're shot in the back of your leg. And two, if you completely sever your Achilles, which I did both times, and what I believe has happened to Odorizzi, your body protects you by going numb. So there is no pain involved at that point because if your body didn't protect you, you would die of pain because you're literally your tendon snaps and your foot is no longer attached to the rest of your leg. So Odorizzi is being helped to the stretcher, and that's, I'm guessing, what has happened here. Yeah, that's a bummer. That's a bummer. Uh, the other thing is we are, uh, we are stupid, and, of course, the Warriors did win back-to-backs. The Warriors in their dynasty won titles in years, if you will, one, three, and four— Lost to LeBron and the Cavaliers year two. Lost to Kawhi and the Raptors, the injury-riddled Warriors final in year five of that dynasty. So obviously KD won the back-to-backs when the Warriors won. So the only person to ever not win, excuse me, the only person to win an NBA Finals MVP while not on the winning team remains the only, remains the very first one. Back in 1969 when Jerry West, the logo, won it for the Lakers, Uh, But the Lakers lost that NBA Finals to the Boston Celtics. Yeah, I just found a good list of some of the other controversial uh, winners over the years. Oh, what do you got? 1981, Cedric Maxwell won it over Larry Bird. Cornbread, yes. Who, uh, uh, and this is the article dives in, but Maxwell did end up outscoring Bird in the series, but it's one of the most controversial ones because Bird's stats throughout the entire year in his second year in the NBA uh, and through the finals and playoffs were so much better overall. Uh, 2000 NBA Finals, uh, Kobe winning it over Shaq. uh, Or, I'm sorry, Shaq over Kobe. uh, When Kobe had uh, some great stats uh, throughout that series. 2008, Paul Pierce, when it was often thought that Kevin Garnett uh, carried that team and it was kind of more Mm -hmm. the narrative award. For Paul Pierce being the uh, the older guy on that uh, on that team, and the longest tenured Celtic, and then 2015 they bring up Andre Iguodala. Andre Iguodala. When Steph Steph, you know, kind of had clearly clearly better statistic uh, games throughout the series. You know, we talk. We, it comes up on the show every once in a while that we try to talk about like how Dwight Howard. Like you can't explain to kids today that Dwight Howard for a substantial period of his career was an elite NBA player, like one of the best players, most dominant players in the entire league. Andre Iguodala was once the guy in Philly back in the day, and that's hard yeah. to explain to people, too. Like, no, you don't understand. This guy was the guy on a team. Um, that's a good point. Yeah, We bring up we that Dwight about Howard that one a lot. We don't bring up Iguodala yeah. as, as, nearly as much. Iguodala winning the MVP, the uh, Warriors first title of this uh, Warriors era. Obviously, the Warriors won titles in other eras as well. Um, Okay, so about that odds to win the NBA Finals MVP, Steph Curry is the short shot. Makes sense that the Warriors are the short shot, so he is plus 180. Jason Tatum of the Celtics, plus 220. Jimmy Butler, again, 
The Heat. Remember, the Heat are still alive, everybody. Plus 550. Lucas plus 550, as you point out, Matt. Not a better price. <laughs> you know, not, it's not like you can bet him and get a better price than you could on the Mavs themselves. And then everybody else is 18 to 1 or longer, which is, I guess, where my question would be. If you love the Celtics, which a lot of people do, including yourself, Matt, or if you like the Warriors, isn't the play here on a guy like a Jalen Brown or a Jordan Poole or somebody like that? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the only thing I would feel comfortable betting in this series, like uh, with these numbers that are presented right here. I mean, I don't think the Mavs get past the the Warriors, so that's why I couldn't go Luka, even though we all just said I we believe he's the best player left in the playoffs. I guess if I didn't go one of the long shots, Butler at 550 is at least interesting, is at least somewhat interesting, but, man. It's just tough with these odds because, I mean, you really look at Butler. and I mean, Luka's the exact same price as the Mavericks. Yeah, You're getting 75 cents on Jimmy Butler. Like, I guess – I, I might guess, as well just play the Heat because yeah. you're not getting that much better. Yeah, it's not yeah, worth. Yeah. I, I don't think it's worth risking. Yeah. You know, the next month of. Oh, I would rather just bet the Heat at plus four seventy five. And then I, I think personally, personally from for me, this is. I love Jalen Brown, but I think Tatum. Tatum is. If anybody has the narrative street angle riding with them right now more than anybody, it's Jason Tatum, right? And I, I, I think that that's. Uh, same thing though. He's plus two twenty. Celtics are plus one ninety. I, I still think I would just go say go bet the Celtics. So I think the only way this works here for me, Gil, is what you said with the Warriors guys. I, I do think it's the maybe a Clay Thompson because you know they just, would love to nuclear, give it to like him. He, he finds his stroke right. and, and has consistency. Clay or Jordan Poole, I, I get. I, those would be the two I would bet on. Jordan Poole for me. I think it's the only thing you could. Otherwise, yeah. like I think the only ones I, that I I could even consider long shot wise. Otherwise, just bet on these teams. I always think we should also bring up Danny Ainge again, the the Jason Tatum twenty seventeen NBA draft, where where he traded down, right, and Philly ended up taking Markel Fultz number one. Oh yeah, Lakers took Lonzo Ball second. He no longer is a Laker, and Boston, having traded down, took Jason Tatum at three. Maybe Danny Ainge's greatest work. Uh, he's had other great work. I mean, this is I. It's already impressive. But if they get through the Nets, if you get through Kevin Durant, Giannis, and the Miami Heat, it were the you know the best the best season in yes. the East this year. That is as impressive as a run as I can remember in, in either conference over the past couple decades. Pretty impressive. I'm with you, though. If, if I'm betting something here, I, I go uh, into the double digits for sure. Jordan Poole somehow leaping off the, the uh, page for me at 20 to 1. And then there is the, uh, the PGA gentleman, which we, you know, we want to give uh, full, full breath to here on the show. But just a, a quick look at the, uh, the outrights here at the PGA Southern Hills in Tulsa. Scotty Scheffler has already said this is his favorite course. John Rahm and Scheffler, you got to shop around for these. They're, they're kind of co-favorites, but what we're showing here for DraftKings is that John Rahm does get the tick of the short shot here. He's 11-1 to 1 to win it all. Scheffler and JT both 12-1. to 1. And then Morikawa, Cantlay, and Rory at 16-1. to 1. Jordan Spieth, the only one under 20-1 to 1 as well. At 18-1, to 1, you see the top 10s and the top 20s. I'm curious as the week goes on to see what kind of bets you have. What do you have in pocket right now? I have some head-to-heads. I've got a couple of outrights, but I, I I went in and kind of attacked some of some of these guys that I think are 
probably, you know, like, so I took Scheffler over Rom um, in a head-to-head pretty big. Um, there's a there's a couple of different ones out there. Listen, Rom is a guy that I'm going to be fading, I think, pretty pretty heavily, pretty hard in this one. I mean, if we take a look at John Rom just overall in general, Kelly, I don't know how much research you've done yet, but, I mean, you take a look at John Rom and this course – it's there's a lot of um, not gonna be playing them. <laughs> there's do what? I'm not gonna be playing them. Yeah. I can tell you there's that a way. lot of Augusta National in this in this course where the there's shelves on the greens and like good shots are not necessarily gonna get rewarded. They're gonna trickle off and they're gonna roll around and you're gonna have to have a good short game. You're gonna have to try to keep it close by pitching it up there and all that. I think one of the things we get we get lost in because he's just so awesome at everything else. John Rom in this field. Strokes gained around the green. He is 70th in this field over the last 50 rounds. He's 91st in this field over the last 36 rounds. He's 131st over the last 24 rounds. And if you don't want to go over, like, his last rounds, if you just want a timetable over the last 12 months just in general, he's 79th in this field in strokes gained around the green, which I think this turn is going to be won and lost by people being able to salvage par and keep the ball close whenever they miss these greens and not go and, and commit bogeys left and right whenever, you know, a good shot is not rewarded or the wind catches one of the shots and blows it off the green and things like that. And so um, I, I'm I'm going up against Rom pretty much every every opportunity I can. 79th, you said? 70, 70th over the last 50 rounds, 91st over the last 36, 131st over the last 24, and then if you just want to – time frame over the last 12 months, 79. All right, we'll flesh this out more. We'll do our one and done in our draft right after we talk to Micah Adams on the NBA next. VEASAN's primetime action.